Hello there, and thanks so much for supporting the Music Career Show. My aim with this podcast is to help as many people as I can turn their passion for music into a career that can support them and their family by speaking to people who have actually done it and finding out how they've done it. With this in mind, I have developed my music career roadmap. This is a fully comprehensive and detailed step-by-step guide of how you can go from dreaming about your ideal career to actually implementing and living that dream. It is yours to download for free and can be found in the description of this episode. If you would like any support at any stage of your music career, you can reach out to me via email at barry at oneladmusic.com. I wish you all the best of luck and I hope you enjoy this week's episode of the Music Career Show. Welcome to the Music Career Show, telling you the stories of the world's best professional musicians. Hello there and welcome to the Music Career Show. My name is Barry and every week I'll be speaking with incredible musicians from all over the world about how they've honed their craft and made a career out of doing what they love the most. If you're a new listener, then while you still have your device in your hand, please take a second to subscribe and tell your friends all about the Music Career Show. Hello and welcome back to the Music Career Show. On today's episode of the podcast, I have one of London's busiest and best buskers. She is usually found along the River Thames or in London's busiest train stations. And this has led to her performing sold out shows in London, as well as Cornbury, Henley and even Glastonbury Festival. Her work has been featured on Love Island on ITV. And she is also a playlisted artist in every Cafe Nero in the UK. So there's a very good chance that you'll all barely be familiar with her voice and her work. So this is Charlotte Campbell. Good afternoon, Charlotte. Hello, thanks for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to have you. Um, so Charlotte, just in case anybody isn't familiar with you just yet and they don't know who you are based on what I've just said, um, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us what it is that you do? Well, I feel like you said everything, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm from London and I'm a musician and I feel like I sort of uh, made not a name for myself. I don't know if I have a name. Well, my name is Charlotte Campbell, but I like, I don't know. I, I've, I've kind of built what I've, what everything that I've done through busking and street performing. So I feel like that's the main thing that I do. That's kind of a big part of my music identity. Oh, fantastic. Well, I'm from Ireland and I live in Scotland and I would have no way of knowing who you are. And yet I do. So whatever you're doing <laughs> is you're, you're, you're doing something right. So we're hopefully going to get to the bottom of that today and hopefully help out some other people out there that might want to get into what it is you're doing. But before we do that, I always like to ask people, where did it all start for you music wise? Well, that's a great question. I, I don't know how far back you want to go, but uh, when far I was three, I used to do musical theatre as a child. So uh, like my mum had a friend who ran like a children's musical theatre kind of after school thing so I started that from like three years old and I loved being on stage when I was a child I was really really loving it so musical theatre was kind of my thing and I was Mm -hmm. in the West End when I was like 10 uh in in the London Palladium in Chitty Bang Bang yeah so I did that yeah you left that out with the biography yeah oh yeah yeah I feel like it's so long ago now but yeah so I did that but the thing was I really loved musical theatre but I just cannot dance I can't dance I I was really bad at it so that was always holding me back and you know going for roles so um I took up the guitar and started like writing my own songs so that I didn't have to move when I sang (laughs) and uh yeah and that kind of worked out for me so I just kept doing that so I, I wrote songs I played guitar and yeah and then I studied at the Brit school which is like a music school in London yeah I went there for like basically it's kind of college like sixth form college so I did that um yeah and then after that I actually not took a break from music but I I kind of felt like I should do something sensible so I I went and did an English degree which arguably is not that sensible either but I I did that because it felt like a still creative but maybe something I could use and then I didn't use it at all. As soon as I left uni, I started busking. And then I've just done that ever since. That's been my full-time job as a musician. That's kind of how I have fell into it. And I've been doing it for 10 years now. Wow, 10 whole years. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. That's absolutely, um, that's brilliant. So like in terms of you went you went to the music theatre and it wasn't for you. Um, and you started learning. Did you go for lessons or did you teach yourself or how did that happen? Um, what, for, for guitar? 
for guitar, for yeah. singing, for songwriting? Uh, yeah, so I kind of went to this like after school music musical theatre. So I feel like there was a lot of sort of group mu- singing lessons in that, which was really helpful to me. And, and I really enjoyed it as well because I love mm. singing. I think it's good for everybody's soul <laughs> to sing. So I just loved yeah. that. And then, uh, yeah, and then when I started learning guitar, I, um, I had a guitar teacher who in hindsight was trying to teach me the, the, gro- the good stuff, like the scales and all the important stuff, but I found it really boring. So mm. uh, as soon as I, I kind of picked up the bass, I kind of stopped having lessons because I just wanted to learn how to play chords and sing over them. So that's kind of all I, all I did. Uh, yeah. So I had the odd lessons here and there, but I, a lot of um, like YouTube tutorials and things like that got me to uh, the level I'm at now. <laughs> yeah, we're very fortunate to live in an age where we can literally just like search for something and, and, and that's it. I was pretty much the same, but I'm probably a little bit older than you in that um, YouTube was just sort of, coming on the go when I was learning guitar um, but yeah and for what it's worth I'm a music teacher I'm a guitar teacher and I only in the past two or three years appreciated and understood what scales were actually used for so <laughs> and I've I've toured America and I've played in Spain and done all That's that so and funny, never, yeah. never used scales they're <laughs> handy to know they're really handy to know and I appreciate that now as 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 that's my, my job but hey ho it's obviously never done me any favours up until then and you've clearly never had to use them up until then either mm, no <laughs> Well, then there you go. So what was the the Brit school? So I, I, as I said, I'm from Ireland. Well, I live in Scotland. I've not come across um, that school before. What does that entail? So it is uh, like a sixth form college for um, contemporary music. And it's actually sponsored by the Brit Awards. That's why it's called the Brit School. So they oh, get right. like their funding. Yeah. So and it's totally free to attend. It's the only I think it's the only non fee paying uh, performing arts school for like that age group in the country and uh yeah so and it's in south london and they tend to uh cater to people that live in the catchment area so uh, south london's one of the more deprived areas of london so it kind of focuses on giving free music education to people in the area and then i'm not from south london originally so i was in a very small uh out of catchment uh, audition process that got me into the school to go there oh, and I, yeah it was it was really great experience I used to travel an hour and a half every day on the oh, tube to get there because I didn't live in South London, but it was it was great. So it's yeah, it's funded by the Brit Awards. So they've had a few kind of pop stars come out of it. Um, Adele uh, is one of them. Uh, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Kooks, um, Amy Winehouse, uh, Kate what? Nash. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah. A couple of uh, of names come out of it. Um, I think Jesse J. Maybe yeah. Cool. So it, it's um, but to be honest, I think a lot of people think of it as a little like almost like pop star school, especially because of Adele. There's kind of this attitude that it's kind of like training people to be how to be pop stars. But it was yeah. really legitimately great music education, but also music industry education. So they taught us, they like literally taught us how to um, you know, that we should be putting aside money for our tax bill and things like that. Like like we had like really lessons useful. on that. Yeah, so you know, useful. like things that people say, why don't they teach you that at school? It's like, oh, I had some lessons on that actually. Uh, that- and you know, you know, about building a brand and about um, you know, signing to a label and what you should look out for and things, you know, warning signs and you know, like, oh, things like that. No such thing as a free lunch, all those kind of lessons. We had great I like I had a great time there. <laughs> that sounds absolutely the best thing I've ever heard of because that's <laughs> like 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 you said, when I was in school, I, I I never did anything in school because all I wanted to do was 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 music and nothing, nothing that I done in school served me at all. No. So yeah. it's it's so refreshing to know that that's actually yeah, it now, exists. Yeah, yeah it, it, exists. It, it, it actually does exist. Yeah. Thank you. I also just bring brought, being brought a cup of tea. Sorry to interrupt the chat. No, you're fine. <laughs> Thank you're you. Fine. Very you're, much. you're getting well looked after. Yeah, I am. Is, so yeah, is, yeah. Yeah, that's it, my it, uh, my husband. Ah, okay. Not not just like the hired help. No. 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 <laughs> I'm not well, doing that well at busking. Yeah. Oh well, you don't know. You never know. Um. Okay. Well, that's that's absolutely um amazing. And like I said, that's so refreshing that that actually exists in the world. Um. And even after that, you still kind of felt the need to go and have something to like. I'm going. I'm doing the like the, what's that bunny ears thing? Fall but, back on. Yes. Yeah, I did because I I sort of got. I have very lovely and supportive parents, but um, my dad in particular was concerned about me going to this music school and not because I didn't do A levels. You don't do A levels there. You do a B tech. I did a B tech in music. Okay. And my dad had some concerns about that because I was quite academic growing up. So he was, yeah. was sort of thinking, I was hoping you were going to go to uni and things like that. So we kind of made a bit of a deal that I was allowed to go to the Brit school if when I finished. 
if I wasn't a pop star by the end of it, then I, I would go and do an English degree. So I did a BTEC and an A-level English on the side, uh, which the Brit School provides you the opportunity to also do A-levels on the side if you want to. So I did okay. that. And then, yeah, um, I really enjoyed my time at the Brit School, but I, I did it did make me think, oh, is this really for me? This is actually, the music industry is tough. You know, it, it, mm. they, they gave us lessons in that. I felt like it was a really good lesson in the fact that not everybody's going to make it. And they, you know, there are other jobs available and mm -hmm. you could be really good at them and really enjoy them. And here's a plethora of other jobs you could do. But I knew that I, I just wanted to perform and they, they made it quite clear at the Brit School. They're like, not everybody can be the performer. Yes, <laughs> so uh, yeah, so I just kind of felt like after that, I've had a great education here in music and I'll carry it with me, but it would be good to have a, a more sensible degree. So I, uh, I ended up doing an English degree. Fantastic. Well, I, I, I was quite similar in that um, I wanted to just be, I wanted to be the backup guitar player for Van Halen when I was a kid. And that was it. That, that was good dream. Good that. dream. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, I, I, I thought so. I, I didn't see why not. But um, that wasn't really a viable thing. So I was told, well, let's say I was told I kind of had no, well, yeah, I went and done a diploma, not even a degree in sound engineering and kind of like you with your English I've never used it the most <laughs> I've ever used sound engineering is I know how to set up this mic and make it sound good for a podcast so I suppose it's standing to me there but like yeah that's worth having that. that's worth having yeah, yeah it is it, it is worth having <laughs> worth the cost of the, yeah. the degree <laughs> exactly yeah um so you mentioned a couple of things there and I'm just for the sake of listeners outside of England you mentioned A-levels and a B-tech now I'm not being crass when I say this but the only time I've ever heard those terms was in the in-betweeners <laughs> so that's my only oh sorry yeah I was forget they're not universal like yeah <laughs> no so so to, to relate that back to are, are you aware of other education systems or is there a way that you can make that a little bit more universal just so just so anyone out there listening that wants to maybe follow in your footsteps knows kind of how how to relate it back to themselves would you get me yeah sure so um i would say i don't know that much about i couldn't translate it for you into other education systems but okay. a levels in general are sort of viewed as the standard thing that people do in sixth form colleges you can get different subjects so you would do one a level in english one in maths one in whatever but you choose them when you get to, to sixth form usually people do four i think Okay, so that sounds like the Irish leaving cert. Is that the, like the last exams you do in, in school? Yes, in the before you go on to university. Yeah. Perfect. And then what about a BTEC? So a BTEC is kind of, it, it's, it's sort of frowned upon, unfortunately, a little bit. It's seen as oh. sort of the, like, if you can't do A-levels, if you're not clever enough to do A-levels, you can do a BTEC. It's seen, but it, it is actually a, a great thing to introduce. It's a more, pra it's also more practical. So um. You can do BTECs in things like engineering mechanics and things like that. Um, so it's it's a little it's a little less like essay writing and a little bit more hands on okay. uh, work. And it's worth the equivalent of three A levels. But in general, in the eyes of universities, it's often not actually worth the same amount as having the A levels themselves. Funny you should say that because I think the the the, the when I heard it in the in betweeners, it was a mechanic. Mm. It was that episode in betweeners where Will had to go on. Uh, work experience he was anyway yeah yeah uh, okay cool so it sort of unfortunately got sort of got a bad reputation so my dad was not super impressed with me doing no, a b-tech yeah but it, yeah it, it sounds sort of city and guilds ish mm. is do, do you have yes, city and yeah guilds? some yeah vaguely sounds sort of that okay we're getting a little bit um off, yeah, off we're just getting I just into wanted... technical terms of education i know so I just, I just want... me as well <laughs> i was no i was i was i was curious about that myself mm. um because i didn't really understand what those are I, I i had guessed what they were but it was only a, only a guess so it's, it's it's good to have them um clarified so you went and done your english degree and then once you finished did you did you take the buskin straight away or was buskin sort of a a, a backup plan um or how, how did that work well, I was, when I was at uni, I was doing a lot of music just for fun on the side. It became my hobby again, which was a really nice, refreshing thing after kind of pursuing this maybe pop star teenage dream and then going and just doing it for fun again. And I, um, I joined a band when I was at uni and I started putting videos on YouTube and things like that. And I just started to kind of build, try and build something, but I was building nothing because no one was watching my YouTube videos. So I was just kind of trying to find a way to 
get my voice heard to, for people to hear me basically to try and build some sort of online fan base people to watch my YouTube videos and I walked past a busker and they had a sign with their name and their YouTube channel and I thought that's so clever <laughs> because like loads of people are going to walk past and yeah. they might find you and follow you and then so yeah I was kind of like that's what I want to to achieve is to get more followers on YouTube and and then I so I, so I just did that so I, that was my main aim my aim, aim was to get like a thousand subscribers on YouTube I was like that would be amazing <laughs> if I could I do that and, and how long did that take you to do not long uh, a couple of months of busking and uh, and then the, and then my aim went much higher you know i went i was like now I'm, now i want 10k <laughs> ah, exactly yeah, yeah. i'm I, i'm sitting at about 58 not 58000 mm. or anything i'm just sitting oh, at 58 uh, yeah. 58 people <laughs> it's solid solid number it's it's, yeah. it's 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 getting there but i don't really know how i'd go about busking a podcast but anyway hey hope this really <laughs> you set that up like a table and a little mic and I some headphones yeah. I, I, I will argue with you about anything yeah come and change my mind kind of thing yeah you know what straight like like but podcast busking has not been done so that is something it's to look into mm. it's not been done i'd have to go somewhere warmer because i'm in aberdeen and it's absolutely freezing i keep getting yeah. weather warnings that like we're gonna lose phone signal and power and everything and like yeah it's terrifying Oh, that is terrifying. Yeah, I'd hate it's that. Not, it's not great, like, but um, anyway. So, yeah, so you got into busking. And so when, pe what, when people see buskers, I feel that there's a kind of a stigma that it's, like, uh, not a sustainable um, kind of career path. But you seem to be doing something right in order to make it sustainable. So how, like, what, how, how did you manage to monetize that in a way that is now you're able to support yourself with yeah I that's a really good question because I actually was exactly the same I went into it never thinking that it would be like a career I really just was going to do it just on the side to try and promote my YouTube channel and and then I you know got a Facebook page and, and Instagram and things like that and you know over the years TikTok and whatever next yeah, thing yeah. came out but um yeah it was never my intention to make it my career but I was kind of doing it actually in between the summer of, so I finished uni and then again on my dad's sort of request, I was going to do a teaching degree. So I had this Ooh. summer to spare that I was going to uh, go into teaching. And um, like I, so yeah, I was just doing it over those months, but I realized as I was counting my coins at the end of each day, that if I did this every day, I would actually make potentially the same money that I could make as a teacher really? uh, yeah and I was kind of like oh well this is interesting because I can do what I love doing I'm making good money doing it mm. and um yeah just kind of realized if I played my cards right so I gave myself uh, a year actually oh actually I forgot to mention I in that in that time I entered a busking competition um over the summer and I won um a scholarship to study songwriting at the Institute of Contemporary Music which is a music university in London Oh. So my dad gave me an, a buffer year to do this uh, songwriting degree that I'd been given for free. Um, and yeah, so that was, and then, so it was over that year that I kind of um, realized that if I kept doing this, I could actually, I didn't need to do the teaching degree um, or, you know, I could come back to it in, later, but while I have the time and while this is working, I may as well do it. So I, yeah. uh, I just kept doing it. And then I, you know, over the time, you know, there are days when it, it's not so sustainable. There's days when you go out and it just pours with rain and it's, yeah. um, you know, you've, you're, all of your earnings are lost. So I, yes. then things like that kind of gave me the fear and I was like, Oh, I need to make sure that this is actually sustainable. So, um, I started advertising a bit more when I was busking for gigs and paid covers gigs and, and kind of putting, you know, weddings and things like that. And yeah. then, over the time, I've just kind of made busking my indirect and my direct income. So money comes in from busking, but also people pick up my card and they might book me for their wedding or for an event or for, a, you know, a, like gig in a pub. But all of that kind of stuff just then becomes part of my income. So it just builds yeah. and builds. So, you know, I'm a full time busker and I love doing that, but it, it, it doesn't sustain itself. There are kind of other gigs that I have to take in to to make all the ends meet and everything. Yeah, yeah. Keep spinning but yeah I would say the center of it all is always busking that's how I get all my gigs and and how I do everything fantastic and then things along the lines of another thing that, that comes to mind because I've seen especially when you're saying about TikTok um buskers getting hassled and getting heckled and just little shits coming up on a nine do you get that oh yeah yeah how do you, how do you like <laughs> now I would be I, I, I come across as quite uh, an outgoing and confident person, but at the, in, in, in actuality, I'm, I'm a very, very shy person. And anyone that looks like they're a way to annoy me, I just can't cope with it. So the, the idea of that would put me off. But like, how do you deal with that? 
Uh, it's hard. It's hard. It's one of the worst things about busking, definitely. And it, it is the, some of the only things that's ever made me feel like I want to quit and I don't want to do it anymore. Mm. But the good things really outweigh the bad things with busking for me. And so those times are few and far between, luckily. So when okay. they happen, they can be like, they are really stressful and awful. And they, and you know, it's just so frustrating, but yeah. they don't happen that much. I would say in general, busking has given me such a good sort of faith in human kindness that like the majority of people are so good. And okay. so, yeah. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. Cause I, I even on a, on a Friday or Saturday night when I'm doing my own gigs, um, I always like to, well, always like to where, where available, have one of the bouncers <laughs> available yeah. standing right beside the stage. Um, and the bounce right player really really good but you don't have you, you don't really have that luxury when you're you're just out on uh, out in the street busking and stuff and um so like is see where you're where, where you're busking then is there do you just rock up with your guitar and start singing or is there hoops to drum to do you have to get permission from anyone or oh yeah so many hoops loads okay. and loads of hoops. yeah yeah so uh, yeah it's funny i think uh people are so surprised when i tell them this um but the the majority of london especially now but even for the last 10 years or so is like massively licensed uh organized coordinated um so i busk in i would say three main places i busk on the south bank which is like down by the river Mm-hmm. which is a licensed spot by the South Bank Centre, which is like a, um, uh, the, the Royal Festival Hall is also in, inside the South Bank Centre. So it's a big like cultural centre and they run a licensing scheme. So they have six months, six monthly, every six months they have auditions and uh, they have new buskers come in, but everybody's got a license. We we get one hour each. So we um, we share the spot amongst us and whoever comes first gets the first slot, whoever comes second goes on next and it goes on throughout the day. So you get your slot and then once you've finished, you can get back in the queue and uh, and play again. And the queue is basically just like leaving your stuff, uh, your, all your equipment to like mark your spot in the queue. And we look after each other's stuff. Uh, we leave it like on the pitch. Yeah, so that's how it, how it kind of works there. And then on the tube, I also busk on the tube. So like down in the London underground. And all that right. is an online booking, ses- sorry. That's an online booking system. So we have to log on every Tuesday morning at like 9 a.m. Um, and it's honestly like so stressful. It's like trying to get Beyonce tickets. Like you're in like, you put in a queue and it's like you're, you're number 98 in the queue. And you're like, okay, okay. And then you get through and you're like desperately trying to get some of the better spots, uh, but they're all normally all gone <laughs> if you didn't get right. a good. Yeah, and it's totally random. So you log in and then it gives you a random spot in the queue. So sometimes you're like number 20. You're like, oh my God, I'm going to get some good spots this week. Uh, but yeah, sometimes you're you know 200 so that's that that's how it works really uh for that and then there's one more system that's fair sort of an in-between of those which is like the concourse of waterloo euston liverpool street paddington station so the big um out of london stations yeah they have spots there as well which is another like sort of an online booking system but they send an email and you send your availability back and then they send you your slots for that those two weeks uh they kind of they designate it so yeah, that's that's how they work. Sorry, I don't know if that was really boring. No, that, <laughs> yeah. that, that, that that's so interesting. It's totally different to like other musicians, me me included. That well, other other musicians that I know, and I'm including myself in this, we would do all of our gigs the year before. So September October comes, I go to all the places that I play in, and I'm like, right, I'll do every second Friday here and and, and, and whatever else. But you're literally doing it like week by week yeah yeah pretty much yeah yeah so it can be really hard to like make any plans people like what are you up to in two weeks like well it depends what what slot i get in the london underground busking queue (laughs) so yeah it can be can be a bit stressful but obviously yeah i you know i book in other gigs and stuff in between that and then try and fit in busking spots so that's why i that's why i tend to be on the south bank more of the time first of all i prefer it there i just i like to be in the open air it's really nice if it's not raining and if it's not freezing um and i think it's a little bit more like people are passing by and actually there for a day out. So they're actually might want to stop and watch a few songs rather than they're running off to get a train. Okay. But the, the other reason that I mostly am there is because I can just go there in the morning and I don't know how many slots I'm going to get, but I know I'll probably get one, if not two throughout yeah. the day. Um, so yeah, I can kind of just go there. So I don't need to pre-book. It's like, I just, I can just go. 
yeah but I would need to you need to get a license in advance that's the only thing I think that is kind of a shame and it's happening all over the world really like people can't just kind of come to London to do a bit of busking because everywhere's so got all these restrictions you need to like pre-plan and and apply in advance so that that's one thing that I think is a shame because I think the spontaneity of busking is lost but there are so many buskers now (laughs) that it does need to be organized in some way because otherwise the bullies get the spots and no one else oh, does gosh. you know yeah. <laughs> so, no, yeah. that, that, it, again that's another thing you've said that is quite refreshing to hear that there is an actual um there's there's organizations and bodies in place and like systems in place to actually support um what it is that you're doing and are these free services or have you got to yeah they're all free that? yeah all the ones that i am part of they're all free yeah which is really as you say i think a really nice thing because it, it, it we feel like we're welcome there and as a busker yeah. there you know i've Prior to joining a lot of these systems, I would busk in places where I just always felt like a shop owner was going to come out and say, you can't yeah. do that here, move. So it's really nice to feel like I, I know that I'm allowed and I know that I'm wanted. Yeah, it gives and, you a sense uh, of community yeah. as well. Yeah, you, you such community, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, I've got lots of busker friends and, and I'm, and I, you know, part of the community as well in the, the local people can see the benefit of having that live music there. And uh, yeah, and, you know, because we've we've all got slot times and rules and things you know people people tend to be like you know not play the same song just over and over and over and over yeah, again which i can understand is annoying <laughs> so yeah, yeah. yeah and then things like um the pandemic must have changed how you operate because like for one one thing i can think of is the only people that i know nowadays that carry cash are musicians that get paid in cash from from pubs I don't know anybody else that carries cash. So how does that work with? Yeah, that's uh, yeah, absolutely. That's definitely changed. I mean, that was already changing. I think prior to the pandemic, like people were carrying less and less cash in London, especially like uh, prior to the pandemic, they didn't even take cash on the buses anymore. You have to use a card on on oh, wow. buses. Yeah, so that things like that were a bit of a blow to the busking community because we're like, oh, that that's our main source of income. So yeah. there's lots of uh, things being developed to try and create ways that people can tip buskers digitally or in in different ways. So um. It, I'm actually named, and I don't think this is actually true, but I'm named as the first ever busker to in London to use a contactless card reader. Um, right. Yeah, but I don't think that's actually, I think people were using it before me, but I got like sort of gifted one by this company called iZettle, who are great. Oh, yeah. uh, shout out to iZettle because they are great. They had developed um, this software for buskers because obviously with card readers, someone taps it and then it they, then it goes blank and you need to type in the amount again and if you're playing a guitar you haven't got your hands free to do that sure so enough, they yeah. created this software like where you could set an amount people tap it and it just goes thank you and then refreshes and resets to that same amount again so i don't have to touch it just just goes the whole time so yeah really? uh really great the only thing about that is that i have to choose how much people are tipping me which you know it can be way, awkward yeah yeah so i i i, I was setting it at one pound when i first mm. started but inflation now we're on we're on three pounds now <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah well i do three pounds when i'm on the south bank uh because it, i feel like people stop for a few songs two pounds on the tube because I, people are flying by you know maybe they're not getting their full three pounds worth so yeah i just set it for a, a bit lower but yeah bus all like, it's just that i'm kind of going with the other what other buskers are doing yeah. yeah they basically they gifted me one uh to start off with to see what i thought of it and then um, I uh, I told them that um, well me and a couple of other buskers we all said we we can't stop playing to type in the amount so they developed this software and then that got a little bit of press and I was did some stuff like on Sky News and ITV and things like that and they were it, like the headline was like first busker using contactless and I was like this is so awkward because I know that I'm not <laughs> but you know they all don't, they have to have a headline so uh, so yeah, yeah. by but it's somewhere in the world somewhere on the internet it says that I'm the first ever busker to use a contactless card reader but I uh, I deny it <laughs> I love it. I, I, I see if I was you, I that, that would be my my opening. I'm gonna go one everybody. of the first, one of the first. Yeah. Ah no, you're the first. <laughs> say, say you're the first. Sky News said it, so it has to be true. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, and then, so what do you take with you when you're busking? So I use an amplifier, as you said earlier. I think like you rock up with a guitar, like that's uh, like very romantic idea. But um, London's very noisy, so mm. I uh, I have a, a portable PA system that I use. Um. The, the standard one that most people use is this Bose S1 Pro, which is a really good rechargeable amp. Um, oh. And I have that. I use it um, I use it for a lot of gigs. I don't know if you use it for gigging or you, if you have a PA system for when you gig. 
I'm quite lucky where I am and that everywhere that I go has a PA system. Oh, you lucky just, thing. Mm. Oh, cannot imagine. Cannot imagine. Yeah. I am lugging equipment across tubes every single day. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I have this Bose rechargeable, which is really, really good. But I find that in London, sometimes, especially when you're on the street, it's if you're indoors or in somewhere that's got some sort of acoustic, this Bose S one's really good. But yeah. I find it's a little bit too quiet. So I have a Bose L one. It's like... Big, oh, the big, yeah, it's quite big. Tar- yeah, yeah. Thing. I t- I don't put the tower on it. You can take the tower off, so I just have it. Okay. So it, it's not as intimidating, but it is quite big and bassy, and it's such a lovely sound. Anyway, not we won't get into that, but yeah. So I use I I take that, um, and mic stand, guitar. Um, I have a sign with my name on it. Um, a little bag of coins that I put into the case before I start, so people know what the deal is. Um, yeah. obviously my eyes etel now, so that people can tap contactless. Um. Yeah, that's that's pretty much everything that I take. Yeah, brilliant. And that that PA system. Oh, and all is... my wires and leads and stuff. Sorry. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And but and all that um that that PA system, the Bose is is it rechargeable or do you have to take an external battery? I forgot to mention. I, yeah, thank you very much. If I'd I've forgotten it, I'd uh, not be able to play. Um, yeah, I um I use a lithium golf buggy battery, so it's like uh I got it on a golfing website. <laughs> So you, uh, well, that's yeah. where you would find a, a golf course. cart battery in fairness. Yeah. So it's like for a golf cart. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I use that to power the, uh, the, the PA. That must weigh a ton. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, the, the PA is heavier. The, the, the speaker is heavier, but it is quite heavy. Yeah. No, it's, it's really compact. It's a really good, uh, golf, uh, golf buggy battery. <laughs> it's, cool. um, so, so it's about, just... I, I don't know if the podcast isn't really like, it's, I don't know how big it is. Uh, I can't, I can't think of what anything that it's the same size as. Yeah. Well, it must be portable enough if you're able to hop on a tube with it. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really not, uh, it's not that big. Do you just load up a, a suitcase or a trolley and away you go? I do. So yes, when I'm busking, so when I'm busking on the tube, I use the smaller rechargeable lamp. And then when yeah. I'm busking on the South Bank, I use this bigger one. So I used to take the tube, but that um, I was getting a, like a bad back from carrying all the stuff. It was honestly like, mm. it was too much. So I have, this is like really extra of me. Um, and I think probably not your standard busker behavior, but I, I'm just like really dedicated to the, to the art. So yeah. um, <laughs> I have like a storage locker in uh, Waterloo near where I play. Um, yeah. And then it's, it's actually not that near. It's a bit of a walk. So I, um, over the years have like grown in grown my setup so now I have like a bike and a trailer and I like put I load all of the equipment onto the back of the trailer my guitar and everything and then I clip that to the bike and then I cycle from this storage place to uh to my busking spot yeah that is so clever I never would have thought of that (laughs) see we're again again we're lucky here in Aberdeen in that it's not like London I know driving in London is just oh a nightmare nightmare. oh yeah I would not even dare I wouldn't yeah so uh, I just drive my bike yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we're we're okay in Aberdeen that we can still just like drive around the place. Um, uh, well, uh, for, for now there's low emission zones coming in and all that, all that other jazz. That's just fantastic. Hey ho, we can still drive around the place should we need to. But um, that's very very creative. Um, I re- I, I I like that. But say someone wanted to get into busking, are they okay to just? I've I've just like taken it too far now. I've taken to an extreme. If I was advising somebody starting out busking, I would Mm. I would recommend the Bose S1 speaker that I was talking about, but that's quite expensive. So when I first started, I used to use the Roland Street Cube, which is like made for busking. And I really do recommend they've got a small one, which is what I started out with. Um and highly recommend but if you want to sort of start in between that and the, the sort of big bows or the like bows that i was talking about they, the street cube x is really good it's bigger than the regular street cube but it's so it's a little bit more powerful but it's a bit bigger and heavier but it's a great that's a great amp as well yeah they i, I i'm quite poor but i think they've got they've got like a strap and stuff haven't they mm, yeah they've or, yeah or they, they've got like yeah. a ca- case that you can get so you can just put it on your back you don't need to get a bike and a trailer and pay rent for a storage <laughs> locker like that you really know no one needs to be doing that i don't know what, <laughs> no well no fair, fair play to you. i'm 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 quite extra when i gig as well and i uh i, I do a one-man band gig where i play nice. guitar and i play harmonica and then i play a foot drum kit so it's like a drum kit built specifically for your for your feet like, incredible so it's cool like but there you go. I, I that 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 means I do need to drive, and or 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 if I didn't have a car, I'd have to 
do what you're doing, get a little trailer. Get the trailer and the bike, yeah. But it yeah. sounds like it's pretty cold there, so look out for the ice, I would say. Exactly, yeah. No, I nearly <laughs> killed myself. I, I, I'm in a little studio here in, in my back garden. It's basically a fancy shed with Wi-Fi, and I nearly killed myself on the path coming out here. So, um, yeah, biking would not be an option. Yeah. But anyway. I think so, stick to your car. Sounds yeah, good. Yeah, I definitely would. It's, it's, it's comfier. It's bigger. It's all good. So, Love Island then. Your Some of your songs got on Love Island. How did that happen? So, would you believe it's another busking story? Go on, <laughs> I, love I, it. I love it. Yeah, I was busking in Waterloo Station on the sort of conquest course bit that I was telling you about. So, the um, yeah, I was I was busking in Waterloo Station, mm. and a guy came up and he was listening. Um, and um, I would say I want to say like, and he was so wowed by my voice. But actually, we just got chatting because um, he had a really lovely dog, <laughs> and uh, I would just say like, he came over to tip me, and I just said, before you go, can I stroke your dog? And then we just got chatting, and then he said, oh, actually, I, I work for ITV, and um, I'm, I, I work on Love Island, and I do the music. So, have you got any songs that you would would work? Do you think? On, and I was like, oh my god, I love Love Island because I do um and uh, I so yeah <laughs> so I, I I actually had recorded some covers um that I had had in mind some like trying to get some tv syncs and then I didn't know who to send them to so I just <laughs> I just didn't I just released them uh so I yeah. sent him that and a couple of originals and he used uh yeah two original songs and my cover of Mr Brightside by the Killers that's amazing yeah and then oh that's absolutely amazing so if you had to reverse engineer that and actually like manufacture that kind of encounter do you know what I mean so it was just like a kind of a, a a chance happening this time but if you had to do it again knowing now how it works how would you go about doing that how would you go about getting your songs to the likes of Love Island or any of them I don't know that's the thing and I've had a few messages from people who were like oh I heard your song on Love Island like how do I do that and I was like yeah. I don't know I think you need to just be busking in Waterloo Station and the right person walks past and then you say can I stroke your dog and then like <laughs> And I don't know if that's very good advice, but I guess the, the advice is like, put yourself out there. Like, you know, in that sense that a lot of the things have come my way because I've just gone out busking as much as I can and, you know, tried to be heard. And also, you know, I had this recording in my back pocket because I'd kind of had an idea that I'd love to get a TV sync. So instead of waiting for somebody to come along and say, record this for us, yeah. I just thought of some songs that I think, you know, that I loved, that I'd like to hear reimagined, recorded them, put them on Spotify just for my own enjoyment, really. <laughs> and yeah. then when that opportunity came along, it was like I was just prepared. It was like everything just fell into place so perfectly because I, yeah, yeah, it was kind oh, of amazing. Wonderful. That's wonderful because you can imagine the amount of people that would just, that they love Wonderwall or whatever it is, and they've recorded their version of it. Because I think Mr. Brightside was one of them, was it? Yeah, it was, yeah. Mm. fantastic and how then does that work in terms of um like royalties i don't suppose you'd probably get any royalties from mr brightside but you'd no so uh that's th yeah so uh i yeah no so i don't get any royalties really from the songwriting uh part of it but you do get performance royalties through uh something called ppl so prs right. is the performance rights society and they uh, are in charge of making sure that people who write songs get the money for them and then ppl I don't know what it stands for, but it uh, it's the performance uh, version of PRS. So they make sure that people who perform the songs get paid. So the cut is smaller as a performer. So if you get yeah. a cover as a TV sync, you wouldn't get as much money as if you were uh, writing the song. But uh, yeah, you still do get paid uh, by PPL. Okay, well, that's really, really good to know. I actually was, I had a, a student in here last night asking just about that sort of thing. And I didn't expect to be speaking about it today. So I'm delighted that I'll, I'll be able to go back to her now next week and say, well, Funnily enough, you should not, should have asked that question, but um, cool. And then Cafe Nero as well. You said you, you mentioned in your in your bio there about your uh, a a, a, a featured playlist. I am, person. yeah, yeah. So Cafe Nero are great, actually. Again, the one of the CEOs of Cafe Nero walked past me busking in Leicester Square. <laughs> so yeah, in uh, in the tube station in Leicester Square. Um, but Cafe Nero are really supportive of independent artists. They actually play the major majority independent artists in all their coffee shops. Their playlists are uh, majority independent, and they do like sometimes they'll do like a whole month where they own they only play independent artists uh, yeah. exclusively. And yeah, so um. They, they're really supportive of, of that and they do lots of, I don't know if you know, they do sort of gigs in their stores as well. So I did a little tour with Cafe Nero in, in 2019. 
just playing in, in Cafe Nero's across the country uh, and just little live music coffee shop gigs. And yeah, so I, I just send them new songs whenever I can, whenever I, especially, I try not to bombard, you know, and I just send them everything. But when I'm like, oh, yeah. this I, this would be a nice little song to hear in a coffee shop, then I, I send it over to them and uh, and they, they, they playlist it, which is really nice. That's wonderful. Yeah. And again, if you had to reverse engineer that, is it just stroke I mean, the right dog again? I would again? say, yeah, I, I, the thing is, like, I always say, like, it's, it, it, the music industry is so much potluck. But yeah. my, my advice is always, like, it's potluck, but you need to be prepared for the opportunities when they come along. But yeah. um, at the same time, as I say, Cafe Nero are really supportive. I, like, it, it can't hurt to reach out to Cafe Nero and just say, how do I get my music playlisted? You know, I, I, as I yeah. say, they are supportive indie musicians musicians so uh yeah that's a worth a reach out for sure i'm sure that there's there's an email somewhere in the on the internet you could find surely be, yeah surely you, you, you could google that and, and 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 figure that out yeah um fair enough that's 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 really good to know that's really really good um refreshing again this is this is just the most refreshing interview i've done in oh, so long thanks that's great to hear it's, yeah, it's lovely and then i was gonna say about glastonbury but i'm gonna assume that Mr. Glastonbury <laughs> happened to be getting a tube somewhere. No, that's a great. No, that's very funny. You're very funny, right? Um, no, uh, it didn't actually. <laughs> um, no, actually, that's my one. That's my one that I feel like didn't really come from busking. But I feel like maybe having built what I had built from uh, busking uh, in my other opportunities, then mm-hmm. the, the Glastonbury kind of came along. Glastonbury was a great, lovely, lovely time for me. Actually, um, I got that gig through some friends of mine. Are, on the music scene who run um, a female lineup of uh, gigs called Heard Collective. And it's about getting female voices heard. So they do like uh, singer songwriters, uh, all female lineups and of like, really? yeah, of, uh, of music nights in London. So they, um, I don't know, actually, sorry, this isn't very helpful, but I don't know what their contact is with Glastonbury, but they run a Heard Collective um songwriters round so it's like you all you each play one song each and talk about it and uh take it in turns to play so there's maybe like four of you or five of you on stage at once and then sometimes and then you'll usually play a song together as well a cover maybe um or do harmonies for each other on each other's songs and yeah so uh they uh, i met them through the london music scene uh just kind of gigging around and through other like fellow musicians and they invited me to join their lineup for head collective uh 2022 yeah on, uh, 2022, so just just last last Glastonbury. Last yes, Glastonbury. yeah. Although I did also do some slots um, in 2016 and 17, but those were just uh, I was kind of playing like covers in in little bars in Glastonbury. Which again, those are the sort of things you can you if you've I already had a ticket and I just reached out to people and said, do you know how I can like get some gigs? And they're like, can't you know I can't get you on the pyramid, but you know if you want to play at Glastonbury, I can get you an afternoon slot in you know uh, the the greenfields or you know in one of the tents or something so yeah that's how i well, uh swung that listen it, do, it doesn't matter you could play the the main stage you could play at the gate on the way in if you said you've played you've you've played at glastonbury that's that's it, it doesn't matter so you don't I've need played, to tell yeah, i've played i've i do you know what, i've played four times um and the last time in 2022 my name was actually you know in the program and everything and then like you know all that kind of stuff very exciting my name's on the lanyards um the other two times i yeah i was just playing in the bars they no mention of me on the website unfortunately um and the first time i played um was when i was at the brit school we went on a school trip (laughs) to uh to glastonbury which was pretty cool and uh, they had they got us uh performance slots on the left field stage, I think. Yeah, so that was a while oh ago. My God. Now, yeah, I went on a school trip to Glastonbury um, with all my teachers and everything. It was a lot of fun. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's amazing. No wonder it's like pop star school. It's kind yeah. of something fame. Yeah. fame. Yeah, and it, in some ways it was a bit like that because the, yeah, anyway, I went to, <laughs> I went to it. But yeah, no, well, that, 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 that is so, so, so cool. That is yeah. absolutely the coolest thing um, I've ever heard. I think the, well, no, I was going to say the best places that we ever went in school were like farms and stuff. But like, no, we actually did go to, to London to see some musicals with, um, with music. It's, it's a good reason why an awful lot of people done music in school was we, they knew we'd, we'd get to London to see like Wicked and all yeah, that. Yeah, that's, see, that's great. That's, yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, so there you go. But in fairness, I would have rather have gone to Glastonbury. I've still, at 30 years of age, I've never been to a festival. No way. Never been to a festival. No, never. Oh, they ever, are ever. great. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like I've missed out on it. Um, at 30 years of age, I now just like to be comfortable. 
And... Yeah, I get that. I get that. I feel like I am I am a home comforts kind of girl, but I feel like um, I will give it up for, for certain festivals because they're yeah. just so much fun. There's a good festival up in Scotland, isn't there? Is it... uh, there Trans- is. Mel? There's Tea in the Park, I think. And then there's... Um... Oh, my God. See, I'm, I'm, I'm quite useless with, with keeping up with it. <laughs> I think um... it's transmit, but it doesn't have, any, it doesn't have any vowels. No, you're right. Yeah, that's exactly it. It is the transmit. No, well done. Well done. T in the park is the tenants one, I think. I think that's what T mm-hmm. stands for. But um, anyway, yeah, transmit. Yeah, you're dead right. Yeah. But that's down in Glasgow, I think. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm in Aberdeen. And you're right um, up the top. That is I'm far. way, way up the top. Yeah, no, there's there's, there's there's no crack here. Only the crack we make for ourselves. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, ah, but hey-ho, I can't really complain too much. I can't complain too much. So taking Glastonbury and your world tour of Caffe Nero and all that kind of stuff. You must have played in some other really, really interesting places along the way. Have you? Oh yeah. Yeah, I have. I've had some amazing opportunities. Um, yeah. I can't, now I can't, I'm having a total mind blank for what they are. Um, but, but I, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I've just, I've played some weird, weird gigs um, all over the world as well. I get like, sometimes I get requests to come and play in random places. So I got, I play, I've played in the tallest building in Paris, which is not the Eiffel Tower, would you believe? Um, I've played um, on like various boats, um, on top of boats and things like that. Um, yeah, I've, I've played in a castle in Austria. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, how did that go about? How, how, how again, was in the castle? A guy, well, a guy saw me busking and he's from like a little town in Austria and he said, would you come and play uh, this gig? And um, I said, yeah, why not? I'd love to go to Austria. And he was like, it's actually in uh, our, a berg. And I was like, okay. And I thought, what, what is that? Um, and then, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. And then apparently berg is a castle. In, <laughs> it's a castle. So it was, you know, it was a low key castle, but it was definitely a castle. And cool. uh, yeah, they just hosted like a gig in there for everybody in the town. So, and I was there. Oh yeah. And I've played in loads of churches. Um, I got invited again to like to Germany to play in a church. Um, and everyone, it was like a really small town. And so everyone was like, oh, I've heard there's an English girl coming to to play in the church. So they all came, <laughs> like, loads of, like <laughs> hundreds of people. Yeah. And they were, yeah. And um, yeah. I don't speak very good German. So uh, they actually got me a translator. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I've, I've, I've clearly done my music career completely arseways because <laughs> I've never been invited to do any of these things. The best I've ever been invited to do was I'd done a mate of ours wedding in Westport, which is on the west of Ireland there over the summer. And that's it. How was the weather? Really. Nice? It was lovely. Good. It well, was what a great time. The very, it was. It was just at the very, very tail end of the um, the, the heat wave that we all had over this end of the world um, that nearly killed a lot of us. But it was, uh, it was lovely. Nice. Um, See, there's lots of lovely opportunities. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lots yeah. of lovely opportunities. But, like, I've never played in, like, burgs or... Mm churches well i've played in churches for like weddings and stuff like that but like yeah oh i forgot um, to tell you the great a great thing as well um i actually just i just i was gonna say just got back but it was in october um and it's now january um uh yeah i am um, i also uh, went to korea south korea in october <gasps> yeah for this thing that they decided to host there completely randomly they just decided to host a competition um for buskers and it, they called it the buskers world cup and they, oh. yeah, and they invited buskers from all over the world. So there was me from London, and then there was like California, Italy, Spain, Argentina, the Philippines. Um, yeah, so many, like, I can't even count. There were so many of us from all over the world, Australia, New Zealand. Uh, yeah. yeah, and we all went to South Korea um, and did this like massive, and it was quite a big scale. And again, it was like, it wasn't in Seoul, it wasn't in the capital. It was yeah. outside of there. So it was kind of small town or like, you know, it was a, like fairly big, but not like the sort of place that most people go. So everybody yeah. in the like local was like, oh, there's this big event going on. We'll all go. So like hundreds of people were there. And it was oh, like this cool. big uh, stage production. Uh, we played two songs each. And yeah, it was, it was, that was crazy. And we flew all the way to Korea, which was pretty amazing. That's unbelievable. What's Korea like? Amazing. It's such a great country. I love it. Yeah. yeah like the people were so lovely there and the food was lovely and everything it is the stereotype you think it is. Like every single shop has like big fluffy cuddly toys with big eyes <laughs> and it's like really colorful and bright and and the people are just so incredibly friendly and wonderful and yeah South Korea is lovely and it's very much very very worth going to. Oh brilliant. How did you fare out at the Buskin World Cup? 
I got into the semi-finals. I didn't make the finals, but yeah, yeah, it was it was tough competition, and also yeah. there were quite a lot of Korean acts. So, like, there oh, was, and there you go. Yeah, so a lot of those got through, and obviously, I don't speak very good Korean either. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I um, I I was really proud of how far I got, especially with like the competition was was very hot, and all of the people were really friendly and lovely, and some of I made friends for life, and yeah. some of those uh, made it to the final, and uh, yeah, it was really a great experience. Oh. That that that's an amazing story. I love that. I'd yeah. love to go over and gig over in that end of the world. Um, I've only I was there on honeymoon. Like we went to like, oh, nice. Singapore and stuff. Oh great! Well, I was ever in Korea. I was in Singapore and I was in Hong Kong and I was in um, Bali. And they're all just the most yeah beautiful, beautiful places. The the nicest people in the world. In fact, the guy that I had on the podcast uh, recording yesterday, uh, he lives in Singapore. And I was only speaking about you're speaking about how nice the people are. And I was speaking about um like. I, I, do they do this in Korea as well? You know the way when you're like queuing up to go to get on a train, there's like little markings on 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 the path that you're meant to like line up on, but nobody in this end of the world actually does that. In Singapore, they use them, and they just. <laughs> I, I sound like an absolute Neanderthal going on like this, but I, I swear to God, it baffled me so much. I was like, "Oh my God, these are like the most." respectful sound yeah, I did find them very respectful I didn't take yeah. like a train or anything so I didn't like observe that but they're definitely very respectful and like really yeah. observant of rules so, yeah <laughs> yeah and just very very courteous and just so much more um uh, accommodating than we are over this end of the world in, in in Scotland or in Ireland or in wherever else um yeah so yeah that's I, I I'd love to go over and gig over there at at, uh, at some point um but that's fantastic stuff that's absolutely fantastic the Buskers World Cup genius marketing so it is yeah absolute genius marketing um so what is it you're working on now I know that you've got an EP coming out very very soon I have yeah so I am um, in the lockdown like anyone I uh I, I did a lot of recording at home because <laughs> that's mm-hmm. what, and a lot of writing so I wrote like a basically an album and then when I put it all together it just didn't really feel like it was very cohesive so I ended up just releasing half of it as an EP um and then going back and like working on some a couple of other tracks and then putting together a second EP so the second EP is now coming out uh on the 9th of February 2023 very good so yeah. for anyone listening on the day that this comes out, I will be scheduling, um, today is the, what is it, the 18th of January, but I'll be scheduling this episode to go on the 3rd of February. So that's in six days time, lads. Mark your calendars. Um, will, will there be a link that I can share? Yes, I'll thing? send that to you. Yeah, I haven't done like, I should, I should do, I'm very bad sometimes at like pre-save, things like that. Like, uh, yeah, I, sometimes the the, 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 all of the extra things that you have to do as an artist these days kind of evade me. So uh, I, uh, I, I will try and get you a pre-save link or something over. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, or so look at least a stream link. Yeah. yeah, so look out for that link in the, in the description, lads. It's funny that like you would have done, you went, you went to your Brit school and it was like pop star training. Isn't it mad how like out of date that probably is now? Exactly, it really is. Honestly, like I had you know such good lessons in 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 the Brit school, but uh, yeah, a lot of it. They, Spotify was not a thing then. Nope. Like, YouTube was barely a thing. So social Podcasting. media, yeah, exactly. It wasn't. It just people yeah. just didn't do it. So uh, yeah, I, as much as I had some really really good music industry lessons uh, that served me well, uh, a lot of them uh, I I haven't learned how to do it in this new new age world. <laughs> no. Sure enough, but you'll get there. You, you seem to be doing something right, so you'll definitely get I, there. I think I did do it a lot, pre-save links and things like that, but I am starting to feel like, I don't know how much point there it's is. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. don't know. Yeah, like I, I want to put music out for the people who want to hear it and, you know, I, the people who want to hear it, I hope will will know when it's out and go and listen to it or, you know, have follow me on Spotify and they'll get a notification to say, this is, you know, it'll it'll be in their new discover. I I have faith that my music will reach the the right people. I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. Well, either way, I'll have some sort of a link in Thank the description you. where you can great. find um Charlotte's yeah. Charlotte's um new new album, either the a pre save link or um Spotify, I'd imagine. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. We'll 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 do that. Okay. Well, then I tell you what. Let's um start finishing up now, and we're going to head into a quick fire round of questions that have pretty much nothing to do with music and are just kind of like icebreakers, but the ice is already broken. So let's just I don't know keep breaking it. I love it. Yeah. Let's do it. So these are questions that I've never asked anyone before. So these are brand new questions just for you, Charlotte. So right. if you had to teach a class on one thing, one subject. 
what would it be? Taylor Swift. You, you arrived <laughs> at that very, very, very fast. It's my specialist subject. It's your specialist yeah. subject. If you were to go on like mastermind. Oh yeah, but be... I think someone's already done it and she was rubbish. So, so no, oh. don't say that. So mean. Um, but no, but like it, you, you might as well call a spade a spade. If I went on, <laughs> if I went on Mastermind, it would either be Van Halen or Only Fools and Horses or the Harry oh, Potter. Okay, book. I like that. So, yeah. so something along those lines or the Lord of the Rings films. I'm a bit of a nerd, but mm. um, and, and and whenever I see someone doing those types of topics that I know about, I'm like, how do you not know that? Mm. How is that not ingrained in your in your mind that as soon as someone asks you that, it's there, just like you with Taylor Swift. You didn't yeah. even need to think about that. <laughs> But I, I, yeah, I have to say, the mastermind on Taylor Swift, the questions were bad as well. They were like, they, I feel like they could have gone deeper. I would have preferred, yeah, they, I wouldn't have loved those questions. I would have got them, but I wouldn't. I, I feel like you could have tested me more, you know. So well, then there you go. So, so that's that, that's a really good topic that you could teach uh, a, cl- a class on. You could get on to, oh, what's your man's? I don't even know your man's name. That does it. I don't the, know. Oh, lad, on and he's like. Um, Yep, that's the answer. And then, uh, yeah, I don't even know mm. what his name is. But I've anyway. started so I'll finish. Yeah. It's, yeah. I've started. So that's what he says. <laughs> that's exactly what he says. So listen, if you're listening, give Charlotte a shout. She'll teach you all about Taylor Swift and then you can do it right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Don't half heart it. Simple as that. Start and then finish and then carry on. But anyway, <laughs> cool. So that, that, that's really good. What would you teach about her? Just... Like the in-depth, you know, the history of her albums and what she was going through as each one came out. Um, Also some just like lyrical uh, in-depth stories about certain songs and how incredibly clever she is with like how she writes her lyrics. And, you know, we could, yeah. Um, Also how her, like the threads of ideas run through her albums. So like one song on the next album, you'll hear like almost a reference back to another song. You're like, oh, love it. Ooh, passion. I love it. (laughs) Okay, next question. If you could eliminate one thing from your daily routine, what would it be? Hmm. This one got me thinking now as well. Yeah. I, w- I know immediately what I thought, and I feel like it makes me sound gross, um, but it's brushing my teeth. I hate oh. brushing my teeth. I like to find it so incredibly boring. And it's always the thing that I do just before I go out when I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go. Oh, I haven't brushed my teeth. And then I'm like brushing my teeth. I'm just like the whole time. It's like, like the t- longest two minutes, two and a half minutes of my life. Oh, what, 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 what a shame. Have you, have, you ever, have you ever watched The Apprentice and they came up with like a game for brushing your teeth? No, that, but I, I mean, it's, but would it feel forced? Would it feel like, is it like a, well, what is no, the game? It's like, the the idea of it was that like it was like a, an electric toothbrush and it was Bluetooth, so it would connect to your phone, and you had to like brush your teeth like correctly or so many times to get like points and you killed aliens or something. I, I could get on board. Yeah. See, there you go. It's 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 mainly aimed at like children. Getting yeah. Kids. Yeah. <laughs> but listen to each their own. If you if you wanted to eliminate that, mm. you probably you probably wouldn't want to eliminate brushing your teeth. Just the need. No, exactly. Like I want my teeth to be clean and I want them to be healthy. I just it's just the thing that always feels like, oh, uh, again and also like twice a day. Like oh, know, again. It's so much. Really? It's so much. They're just dem- so demanding. I yeah, just find I it like quite a lot. Like I, I, I always find it's weird that humans haven't evolved enough to like you know the way that like we go out in the sun and we burn. Like how have we not evolved enough to survive on in, in our own environment? Honestly, we don't you know deserve I mean? we don't deserve to exist in this world exactly. if we're gonna if we're gonna exactly. behave like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're just hopeless. <laughs> we're just completely and utterly hopeless. Yeah. Anyway. And believe it or not, I went to see um what's your man's name? Do you know that? Oh, Brian Cox. And he was saying that there's a very good chance that we're the only life in the universe, as in like the universe in like not just our galaxy, in anywhere out in existence, that we're the only life. And I really feel like that if we've achieved that, how are we still getting like burnt alive by the sun and we still need to like brush our teeth and things mm, like that? Exactly. Yeah, it's just it's 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 a weird so one, many questions. Anyway. So many questions, I know, and and, and in fairness, that did yeah, I I done my best with these icebreakers, but I love them. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so would you rather be? Next question: Would you rather be the funniest person or the smartest person in a room? The funniest. I think that's the the soundest option to go because if you're the smartest, kind of people have to know that you're the smartest, and how mm. are they going to know that you're the smartest without? Yeah, I think if you're the funniest, people will think you're the smartest. Exactly. Yeah, no one, what does it really matter? And also being smart is overrated. Like, I think, like, 
being dumb and oblivious is actually you go through the world a lot better, a lot happier. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't just, know so much, just look at dogs and how clear and how happy they are oh, just to be out and about and exactly. just be happy and just be yeah exactly just to be included and they don't have any worries. So yeah, cool. None. Um, right. What's the best advice that you've ever been given? Comparison is the thief of joy. That's my best advice that I've never given. Don't compare yourself to other people because it just makes you unhappy. And you could be really, really happy in what you're doing and really content and satisfied with everything in your life and yourself. And then you look at somebody else and they've got better and suddenly what you have doesn't look like it's enough. Uh, so uh, yeah, and that makes you unhappy. So uh, yeah, comparison, comparison is a thief of joy. Oh, that's the best way I've ever heard that put. Mm. That's just that's just that's just wonderful, and everyone mm. should always live by that advice every day, mm. all day. Um, wonderful. And now, last question. Usually, I ask people what would they be doing if they weren't a musician, but I have a feeling you you'd say something along the lines of like English professor or yeah, I'd be a teacher. I'd I I wouldn't I would not hate being a primary school teacher to be honest. I think I would have a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I would I would be a primary school teacher. I think. My wife is a primary school teacher and she loves it. She oh, good. Loves That's it. lovely so, to hear. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's, it, it is a lovely thing. And working with, with little kiddies is, mm. is it's a lovely thing. Um, cool. Well, I'll tell you what, Charlotte, let's leave that there. Before we go, where can people find you online if they want to book you for their, um, let me think of something really um, clever and intelligent and witty, uh, book you for their yacht or their blimp. Yep. Um, <laughs> um, well, uh, you can find me on all the social media. I'm on uh, like YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, um, or you can find my website, charlottecampbell.co.uk. Um, or if you just Google first busker to ever use contactless card reader, then you'll probably see yes. me. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Or you can come and find me. I'm usually busking by the river on uh, underneath the London Eye on the South Bank. Fantastic. Well, I'll tell you what, Charlotte, let's leave it there. Thank you very much for your time today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been a joy. That was the Music Career Show. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and tell your friends about the Music Career Show.